Uh, <laughs> hey guys, welcome to episode 123 of CD wow, Towers. Uh, I'm Mr. Commodore number five, and my fellow host is having way too much fun with our new audio recording software, yes. Big Tuck. Our new audio recording software, our new uh, main sponsor of the channel, uh, our replacements, our new way of life. Uh, I am here. We are talking about redacted until they start paying us. So, uh, no, I we were. So, this is the second time we're doing the intro. I'm really excited to see Mr. Combo. We'll just blaze through it. He sent me a great video about a bunch of sports clips that were like re-engineered to be like fatalities and people getting dunked on that were amazing. I was really excited about that. What I've also been excited about this week, Mr. Combo, is actually working. <laughs> For the first <laughs> time in two years, I've actually I put in what I would consider a full work week. Wow. Yeah, my, my week's been insane uh, just because interviews? it's our... Well, it's our last week of our fiscal year, so oh, it's right. just... Oh, right, you guys, dude, you guys are February, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but no, I did have interviews, you know, found out today I, I didn't get it. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, man. For the internal, I still have my okay. external uh, next week, yeah. which, you know, uh, have, have high hopes for. But, you know, here's actually the thing. I was talking with my boss today, and even though I didn't get this... It actually was like one of the few times I got told like, hey, you know, we're going to move, go with someone else. And it was fine because the, right. the reason he gave, it wasn't necessarily something that I did wrong. It was more of things that geography kind of came up. And it's like, well, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, like because uh, this was with an East, a West Coast team, right? Well, West Coast or Midwest, but Midwest apparently doesn't encompass Kansas or Missouri. Very weird. What? Yeah, I don't know. Where apparently in this group, Kansas and Missouri is considered the Mid South. Okay, sure. Yeah, I guess that's sure. kind of true, right? I they guess. call it the new. I they mean, call it the New West, isn't that the thing that they call it? If you're trying to be all fancy, I guess. <laughs> I call it the heart of America. Yeah, yeah. The uh, but anyways, Midland. You know that that kind of came up. Uh, you know, hey, you'd probably need a little bit also more knowledge in, in uh, mm. the infrastructure side, which I totally get and respect. Just the way that my org's kind of set up makes that a little bit difficult. Sure. So it's something that me and my boss are going to address. But then everything else was just more uh, interview techniques to better get across the message because a lot of the stuff oh. they gave it's like man i should have just phrased that differently or said that another they actually way gave you like feedback that was yes. helpful as opposed to just be like sorry dude you suck right yeah sorry That's uh cool. we don't we don't think you or hey sorry we already had someone that we wanted and it's like right. cool that didn't help me at all so yeah uh, thank you so it, yeah. thank you so much that's great. Well, I mean, I mean, that's not great, but one note, one note is great though. The cereal after dark from Edmonds Oast Brewery in Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, we'll get a little bit more into those details when we get into some more details about the show we're doing today. Or maybe we won't. <gasps> oh, yes. Okay. Let's, we're going to flip a coin going forward on who gets the, who gets the effects board. <laughs> Well, guys, if you would like to help us out financially um, with our community, with us getting new products to make stuff better for you guys, uh, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We do have four different tiers. Starts at just a buck a month uh, on up. You get a lot of different value with it. The biggest one that I wanted to highlight is no matter what tier you sign up for, if you've ever wanted a platform for yourself to be able to speak, give thoughts on cards or mechanics, uh, we're starting the collective diagnosis. Uh, this is something that's open to every tier of our Patreon. Uh, every three months, we're going to poll 10 of our community members uh, about a topic and let you guys record your own audio, uh, You know, write a little 
paragraph about how you feel. And then me and Tucker are going to talk about it, give you our thoughts and feelings and kind of make it a great community episode. And if you're a part of our top tier every three months, you're going to be on Brews and Builds. So we're going to have you here in the amazing Zencaster to, you know, (laughs) do anything we can to do weird sound effects like this. Uh, you know, that, that we are going to put out there. So it's a great, great community. Definitely should join. Um, and I'll say this, the discord's been getting a lot more rambunctious yeah. o- over the last few weeks. I feel like there's you could, one could say it's preview season. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I, it's unfortunate that I, uh, I, that I had to drop from bruise and bill or from action Four this year, this year for the foreseeable future. But one thing I am, one, one pro of that is I'm actually excited about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we don't need to get into that here but anyway well another benefit of being a part of our patron community is our referral program so if you're an existing patron and you recommend someone to join we'll end up sending you something as a thank you you know depending on what tier it could kind of depend on what we end up sending out but grow the collective through your friends and family guilt them it yes, works it always works now, if you'd like to pick up some of our great merchandise, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have our foil playmat. And yes, my basement is filled with CMD Tower sweaters. Oh, Please, they're here. They're here. Go buy them for the love <laughs> of Christ. Uh, apparently, 70 sweaters weighs 100 pounds and takes up one half of my basement. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes, it's it just does. just like two giant boxes. Uh, well, it was until I had to so- separate them for sizes. So oh, now sure. it's like the ottoman's completely covered. Half of the couch is covered. I got one, like the extra large sweater yeah. stack is like toppling over because there's so many. <laughs> That's incredible. Now this That's episode, awesome. yes, is brought to you by Zencaster, but also our amazing editor <laughs> at underscore Teacoats. Tyler does do the video and audio uh, for this Bruise and Builds episode. So definitely give him a little thank you, a little shout out um, for putting together this great stuff for you. And of course, the free way is just share the content you're watching and or listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, tackled tons of EDH themes, we're going to be discussing, or rather, theory crafting a new deck that doesn't even exist yet. Each month will consist of new decks, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. That's grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're a mix of staples and specialty cards. How does your board interact with everyone else? We call that hops. Yes, and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. Go in variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like this Floor Claw Westbrook Brewing Triple IPA that I'll be enjoying here shortly and passing out because it's 10%. Uh, our hot chestnuts help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. Then the final one, how does your deck close out? Get to victory with yeast. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna really need some help on this one. So yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content to carbonation without yeast to be drinking flat sugar water and without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. Now, always kind of interesting. We have shenanigans. This could be pet card synergies. Technically, alter the brood does work in this build. No, it We're does not. Spice. It, it does not. It's illegal. It's all card. creatures. It's all permanence. Oh, oh cre- damn it! Yeah. Oh no. 
Uh, not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help summarize a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the metric one ton of uh, of hops that turn a triple IPA from a double, or it could be the toasted coconut, vanilla bean, cocoa nibs, and lactose uh, that turns this stout into cereal after dark. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but this is, but if it does, this is where we generally will talk about it. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, we're talking only creatures, no problem. Yes, but I should have known Alter the Brood can't go in the deck because it's literally three sentences below my show notes. <laughs> um, we're talking Nakara Lair Scavenger, Yannick Scavenging Sentinel, and Umori the Collector. Oh, yes. I'm exhausted. Yeah, this is this is going to be an exhausting one. There's going to be a lot of talking, so get ready for it. So I guess Big Tuck, read Nakara, I'll read Yannick, and then... Okay. Together, we'll read Amori. Oh, I like that. Okay. So, Nakara Lair Scavenger is a 2-2 legendary creature human cleric for two colors and a black. That is a mythic. It has partner with Yannick Scavenging Sentinel. It also has Menace. And then whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card and you lose a life. And then Yannick Scavenging Sentinel is two colorless Silencia, legendary creature, hyena beast, mythic, partner with Nakara, like we just talked about. It's a 3-3 with Vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. When you do, distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures, where X is the exiled creature's power. And then for Umori... And uh, before we read the card, whenever I hear this name, I'm always I always think of that like uh, Italian thing, like what, what's it like? Amore, 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 like whatever they uh, sing, amore, like uh, amore. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. That's what I always think of. That's uh, that's Amore the collector. <laughs> <laughs> so Amore the collector, collector two colorless, colorless hybrid, Golgari, Golgari, hybrid blackly. Okay, we're doing great. It's a four. Legend- Five legendary, legendary creature, creature ooze from Icoria. It's a rare. It's a rare. It, it has, has companion. Each, each non-land, non-land card, card in your in starting, your starting deck, deck shares, shares a, a card, card type. type. As Umori, Umori the, collector the collector enters, enters the, battlefield, the battlefield, choose, choose a card, a card type. type. Spells you cast, you cast of the chosen, of the chosen type, type cost one less, one to, less cast. to cast. That wasn't near. Oh, oh hit hit the ballpark. Do 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 do. Yeah, Omari. Uh, so uh, I really am glad we got to squeeze this one in uh, to the schedule because this is something that I feel is right in Mister Combo's wheelhouse. I think he's really got to be able to help me with this one. So um, this is just in time for NCBC three which for those plebs out there is North Carolina Budget Challenge the third. So each one of these, we kind of have our own deck building restrictions with a certain amount of monetary value to it. Um, So this one is we have to play a deck that has a companion legally in the commands in the companion zone with a $50 budget. Um, So after scouring the interwebs, there's not a whole lot of options for interesting companions. So I was like, I'm going to make this as difficult as I possibly can. So, <laughs> so, and I'm trying to shove in as many keywords, as much stupid shit that I like into this deck. So we are doing all creatures. Uh, I thought about just doing a Golgari build, but partner with is just stupid enough to be also added to the list because in commander, in the command zone, they can't tutor for each other. So that's why I went with these two. So I thought the way that this is going to, this kind of plays out is as follows. So 
as you break it down, like white, I'm using for like my spot removal, like artifact enchantments, that sort of thing. And then playing into some of the one, one counters and the buff and the buffs that come with that. Uh, for black, I'm using a lot of removal and a lot of my burst card draw through the black creatures. And then green is going to be the ramps and hopefully some semblance of a graveyard recursion. So I this these budget challenges are usually all over the map in terms of the quality of decks and all that stuff. So the goal of this one is to kind of build up a low power creature army fast, uh, playing like really efficient creatures, and then hopefully making one of our partners big enough to start pounding some face. I'm guessing it's likely going to be Nakara because she has Menace built in, which is pretty good, um, yeah. especially in the early parts of the game. Uh, will it work? Probably not, but that's what we here try to fix. So, Mr. Combo, what was your reaction when I when I laid this uh, this burning pile of, of stout poop on your on your door? Well, so it's funny when I was working on the budget shop this week, um, you know, we were talking about life gain and I picked for my legendary creature to talk about was Neombi. And as I was building that out and I was, then I started to work on bruising builds. I'm like, there's a lot of similarities from what I wanted to do with Neombi. And I think what you want to do in this deck. So this deck, it seems like we're trying to get creatures leaving the battlefield, coming back to the battlefield, whether it's through flicker effects that white does really well, graveyard recursion that black does really well and green a little bit. Um, you know, and trying to to get as many value ETB things as we can. Sure. But also trying to, knowing its budget, you're going to have to get sweaty with some of the cards that you oh. put in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're not going to be good. <laughs> no. um, and especially with a $50 budget, you know, uh, Murphis, who, who does the other uh, show's content with me, uh, did a Twitter poll last week and... It was like, what do you guys think budget is? And resounding, everyone said a hundred dollar budget. Hundred bucks. So the yeah. fact that you're literally going in half means we're getting dripping. It's it's hard, and like these have always been pretty tricky to build around. Um, the one that was the easiest was when we just added fifteen dollars to a precon. That one yeah. was the most fun, and I was able to like I had cards. I did like three precons or something with the fifteen I'd line around here. But yeah, I mean the card like I there's some card prices where I think they'd be really good in the deck, but it's like five bucks. And mm-hmm. that's a tenth of the budget on one card. It's just really hard to stretch out. Do you feel, what's your thoughts on, do you think it's easier to build a straight budget with just creatures? Or do you think that makes it actually more difficult? No. Well, I'm like 50-50 on it. I can't. Yeah, I can't I'm not going to say it makes it more difficult than if you said no creatures. Sure. Because I think the issue with creatures is like, okay, the cheap artifacts that I would use for ramp. Now I got to find creature options, the removal or the board wipes. I got to find creature options. So that's just really, it just becomes more difficult because it's like, I have all these utility things that now I don't have access to. Like I can't ramp like I normally would. I got to have a wood elves to go do it for me. Sure, I think that's really what the challenge is with creatures only. It's just, how do I supplement what my enchantments, artifacts and instants and sorceries do into my creatures? It's a lot easier to go the other way around because a lot of artifacts, instants, sorceries, and enchantments can make your creatures yeah for sure yeah that's a really good point and i think the one thing that i'm gonna really i think that there if this deck had more budget you could play around this but the good news is when you're building budgets a lot of times people don't put in a lot of board wipes which pretty yeah, much just stone walls which stone walls this deck pretty pretty efficiently yeah. <laughs> and without any sort of recovery but yeah so I think it'll be fun. Um, I have most I have most of the cards to build it lying around, so it probably won't even be that big of an expense to me. So I figured, why the hell not? And if it sucks, it sucks, and I'll just go to the bottom of the list. All right. Well, let's get into this deck. 
Let's start with the ramp and grain section. Big Tuck, what is the first card you want for this theory craft? Okay. This one's a slam dunk, in my opinion, because all these cards are going to be worth their weight in gold. Because not only are they creatures, they are also lands. Oh. And the most efficient one, in my opinion, is our old pal, All-Star, Tangled Florahedron. This card is incredible. A colorless and a green for a creature elemental, doesn't matter. For a 1-1, also kind of doesn't matter. But more importantly, you can tap it for a green. Uh, so it's like a bad Llanowar Elves, but in a pinch... You can play it as a Tangled Veil, which enters the battlefield tapped and then adds a green to your mana pool. So I think this card and any of these MDFC creatures, even if they don't really fit the theme of the deck, are going to be worth so much. I mean, this card is 41 cents. It's effectively this car this deck's version of a rampant growth. And yeah. I, d I just think that this is going to have a lot of length. I think this is going to have a lot of speed to it. Um, and it's just really going to smooth out draws, smooth out mana bases, this it's really kind of like, in my opinion, probably the best grain in my and on my side that I have. Opening hand, you just have this. Do you keep it? Oh, <sighs> <laughs> see, that's tough. I I don't think so. I really I and oh, let me actually no. And maybe in a normal deck that has ways out, maybe <laughs> in this deck, no. If I have anything less than three lands, I'm not keeping it. <laughs> Well, like there's just, there's way too big of a chance, but I don't know. Would you, if you're, if you have uh, the I, only way, I, the only way I would is if I had another one drop that produced mana. Here's the issue that I have. It's like, if I don't draw a land off the top, I have a land in hand. I could play it. It comes in tapped even. So that's good for the turn one. But it's right. like, if you just get one, I just need to get another because oh, yeah. <laughs> then I can play him on turn two. But then if I don't get that second land, yeah. I still have a second land drop in yeah. hand. So it becomes one of those things of like the odds of your deck. And I think, right. Tuck, I believe this deck could be a deck that you do 38 lands, 40 yeah, lands, 100, 100%. just because you don't have as many consistent ways to ramp. So knowing if I had a 40 land deck and I just had that, I might be real you greedy. Just, and keep you it. might just get greedy enough. We'll have to see, man. I like it. I like the optimism. All right. Well, my first green card is a uncommon from Forgotten Ooh. Realms coming in oh. at a cool six cents. Oh, nice. And it's a modal card. So it'll do a couple things for you, which Ooh. we love. Sure. Shesra Death's Whisper. Two colorless Golgari. Oh, that's going to be a yeah. black and green. Legendary creature, human elf warlock. It's a one three. And she has two effects. And I hate this about Forgotten Realms, but it, it is what it is. It is super dumb. Bewitching Whispers. Uh, when Shasera enters the battlefield, target creature blocks his turn of fable. Well, that sounds like a hop up and down. Like, sure. hey, I got a big bad creature. You have to block and I'm going to pick it off. Right. But here's where I think it's a grain. And actually, I think you're going to have more of this happening in your deck because it's all creatures. Whispers of the Grave. At the beginning of your end step, if a creature died this turn, you may pay two life. If you do, draw a card. Ooh, I just yeah. I have this gut feeling that you're going to be sacking creatures to reuse yep. effects on your turn, probably every turn cycle. Sure. And the fact that this doesn't require a mana payment, it's just life, makes it way better. If it was have to pay two colorless to draw a card, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, could I use that two for something else? Like, what's going on? But two life? Yeah, I'll pay two life. Yeah, absolutely, right? And I, I think that we're going to be playing cards into this that just happened that, that will potentially just happen to have lifelink, right? Yep. Um, and I, 
I think the good part about the life loss is this deck is going to have so many creatures that you can just chump block. People mm-hmm. are going to be incentivized from pretty much the turn three to not attack you because yep. you're just going to have this board of shit that's just going to gum up anything. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I do agree with you. Uh, I hate I hate that stupid. Here's what I, here's what really pisses me off about it. They won't they'll print cards that have landfill, but won't give the time of day to give it landfall. Right? Yeah. It'll be like when a lander's battlefield, it's just landfall. Like, this is so much more confusing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tuck, what's your number two pick for your grain? So this is another two-drop mana dork that sees some play in, like, elf and allies deck. But in here, the what some people would call a restriction actually doesn't even matter. We're talking about Beast Caller Savant. So oh, a co- sure. colorless, yeah, exactly right. A colorless and a green for one one creature elf shaman ally with haste, and then it can tap and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Seems good. Spend that creature. Spend this. I'm sorry. Spend this mana only to cast a creature spell. Seems potentially bad. Oh wait, this is cast every card in the deck. So <laughs> it, it, it's got the haste. So if you get it late, you can immediately use it as like a mana rock. Um, has no restrictions. I think this card is going to be one of the better most efficient ways to to round out the mana curve. So I'm going to say this. I completely failed you. Uh, all your cards are like 50 cents. I was like, what cards can I get for two pennies? What can <laughs> I get for a nickel? <laughs> but see, this uh, is what, but like, that's perfect because you're like, now we're evening the curve, right? Like, that's fair. I totally get it. And I, this, I have a stack of cards that I already selected and I went through and most of them are in the budget range. But these, like, for example, I would immediately take Shressa over most of the cards that I have in that pile, because it's what, oh, what fair. Did you say it was two cents, six cents, six, six cents. cents. Yeah. So I'd rather just have that, and there will be a deck that works for it. So I think the ones my I just made a quick look. I think about a buck is as high as it goes, which is that's fair. Probably gonna be pushing it, but I think it's great that you found these super super budget options, which I will need desperately. But I will say this, guys: fifty-two cents. If you're doing a budget deck, this it is it's weight worth in gold. Um, this, this card is great. Even if you're not in a creature only deck, it's still a good ramp card, but the fact that it's creatures only is just gravy. Yep. I completely agree. All right. Number two, are you ready? Yes. I'm so excited. All right. So this has only been printed once in rise of the Eldrazi. Okay. It's a quarter. Ooh. We're talking thought gorger. Two colorless black, black creature horror rare. It's a two, two. It has trample. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on it for oh. each card in your hand, then discard your hand. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're we're that's having bad. graveyard recursion, but yep. here's why it's a grain card. When Thought Gorger leaves the battlefield, draw a card for each counter on him. Well, Tuck, I want to point out some stuff. Okay. Uh, Yannick, when it enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves. Well, I'm going to choose Thought Gorger. Distribute X plus one, plus one to where it's its power. This thing's probably going to be at least a five, five, or six. Sure. Six. So you're distributing all those counters, and then, oh, by the way, it had counters on it, so you're going to draw a card and lose a life. Yeah, I love it. This is sweet. I, uh, this, is a good, this is a good one, Mr. Combo. I, this is another great pull. Uh, this is also just greasy enough, or slimy enough, to potentially go into my horror deck, which we'll oh. be talking about in a future episode. But yes. Oh, there uh, you go. Perf- what a slam dunk. I see. This is the. This is why I need you. This is why I need you on this deck. On this deck list. But I was worried that the ETB discard your hand would deter you. 
That is the one thing I was worried about. But it doesn't say you don't, you know, your maximum hand size is reduced by seven. Yeah. It, it doesn't say that you can't draw cards. It's just like if you had cards in hand when you played it or it came in, you got to get rid of them. I think the thing that makes me feel, and and also I think you can also think about this in, through the lens of like Yumori. So this card for four is good. This card for three, three is insane. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and I think the thing on this too is I li- also like that I there's going to be a lot of ways to put counters on this. So even if you just plop this down as a two, two, and you're like, I need these cards in my hands, eventually you're going to be able to slap counters on it and it can get up to a five, five, a seven, seven. And um, then it's, three. it's not a May effect. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You're uh, drawing the cards and you're discarding your hand. There is no May. <laughs> uh, okay. I still like it a lot. I love, I still like it a ton. I think that does I, make I think, it a little trickier to play around. <laughs> yeah. I think for a quarter though, it's one oh. of those. And that's, that's actually the cool thing for the collective. When you're building a budget deck and you come across cards like this, that's like, I don't know. Does it work? It yeah. never feels bad to try it because you're only out a nickel or a quarter. Exactly. Not out $50 or a hundred dollars. And then this is like a slam dunk card to put in a cube or something like that. Right. Like, Absolutely. Or if you have like some ridiculous, like discard deck, like my nickel, Bolas deck probably wouldn't care about this. Right. Oh my gosh, Tuck. Could you imagine doing this, then fractured identity to give it to your opponents? <laughs> and then they all lose their hands. That's that would be sweet. All right. I'm in. Thought Gorger, we're done. All right. I'm I, it's it's in the it's gonna be in the deck for sure. Two for two so far. All right, Tuck. Give us your last grain then. So this one's a little this is the most pricey card I have at a buck forty-seven. And I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, it's a big one, which may not be worth it. But its enchantment varietal is worth like four times that. So okay. we've talked about this one before. This used to be kind of a pet cards of ours. And I think we kind of fell off a little bit, but blood gift demon. So mm. good. Three colorless double black for a creature demon, five, four flyer. At the beginning of your upkeep, target player draws a cards and lose a life. So it's effectively like a little bit slower of a Frexian arena, right? I think we're going to have enough creatures to get Yumari out or Amori, whatever you want to call it out early enough to where this would probably come down for four, which is only one more than Phyrexian Arena. And then I also like the fact that the five toughness or the five power plays into the Yannick of the, the whole Yannick of the situation. Um, Five, four flyer is a pretty good deterrent and also is a pretty good attacker. If you need to start getting those, if you need to start getting that ship damage in Uh, the problem is the 147, right? I, I really got, I didn't realize it only been printed twice. Yeah. Right. Isn't that crazy? Because I have like, I feel like at some point I had eight copies of this card yeah. lying around, right? And maybe it's gone up because it's been more rare and there's maybe mm. there's some demon decks that I can't think of off the top of my head that would care. But I just, I like the fact that draws your cards. I like the fact that it has a big body. I just don't like the fact that it's a buck and change. And I like the fact that if your life total does get low enough, because this is not a May effect, you can start forcing your opponent yep. to draw cards and lose life. Um, it's nice to be able to deter that sometimes. Absolutely. And, and it's and kind of like you're playing against a guy, a, a Nekuzar or yeah. Tiny Bones or whatever, where you don't want to draw. Mm-hmm. I do. I agree with you on that. But yeah, the dollar forty-seven. It's it's something that Oob talked about this week on the budget shop. And Tuck, I think you'll really like this parallel. He was like, you know, when I first got married, uh, we were on a very tight budget. You know, it's, you know, really nickel and diming everything. So he was like, hey, I love to eat cereal and I love to drink soda. So instead of getting the name brand soda, I went and got oh. Shasta. Instead yeah. of getting Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I got like Cinnamon Toast Squares, you know, whatever sure. the off yeah, yeah, yeah. is. And he said, he was like, you know, the Cinnamon Toast Squares 
it was fine. You know, it got the job done. It tasted okay. Yes. Could I tell the difference if I ate a normal bowl? Yes. But did it scratch my itch? It absolutely did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the Shasta, though, literally nothing. Like, tasted nothing like it. I couldn't stand it. And so I think this is where Blood Gift Demon is kind of like the cinnamon toast squares of the story. Sure. Not as good as Phyrexian Arena, because it does cost two more mana on its face uh, than Arena does. But it pretty much gets the job done for a couple yeah. mana more uh, and for like eight or nine bucks less or 10 bucks less. Yeah. The difference would be is like, if you tried to say, Hey, sign in blood is just as good as Phyrexian arena or blood gift demons. Like, ah, no, you're kind of off base there. So mm-hmm. I definitely look at this as a little watered down version, but this is the perfect budget thing. It's just a dollar 47. If you had a yeah. hundred dollar budget, you're good. $50. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I agree with that. Totally. All right. Well, my last one is a card from Strixhaven. Ooh. This card you can pick up for 17 cents. Damn. Nice. Uh, we are talking Shile, Dean of Radiance, and Ambrose, Dean of Shadow. So, colorless white, legendary creature, bird cleric, rare. It's a 1-1. Yep. It's flying vigilance. And when you tap Shile, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature that entered the battlefield under your control this turn. Well, we just talked about when creatures leave, you get to draw a card, so that's perfect. And Ambrose, Dean of Shadow, you could tap her, him, uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on another target creature. Then Ambrose, Dean of Shadow, deals two damage to that creature. And then whenever a creature you control with a plus one counter on it dies, draw a card. So even though... uh, uh, your commander says leaves the battlefield, dies, same thing. Sure. So this could kind of double any death uh, with counters, you yeah. know, drawing two cards. I really like the tap, be able to deal two damage and put a plus one, plus one counter on something. Sure. Maybe it's a Birds of Paradise and I just need yeah. to bop it down. Um, but I think actually the white side is going to be the one that you're going to play the most. And I feel like this is these both... I love these du- these modal cards or these dual cards or whatever, right? Because they both fit such a... I think that sort of choice is so critical to the deck, right? And I think you mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head. Um, the price for this, the Dean that I had, I actually was going to put in, but it's over a dollar at the cheapest, ah. and I don't like it. So the budget's there on this, the, the utilities there. This is sort of a backup commander-ish if you're in yeah. a really yeah. yeah. right situation. Um, yeah, slam dunk for, especially for seven cents or 17 cents, or whatever it ends up being. So does that mean three. I was three for three? Holy hit, crap. Hit, hit a, hit a, hit a thing. Hit a thing. Uh, yeah. We're just doing them all. All, all of them. Run them all. <laughs> if we, we, oh dude, think about this. We could get the wow, the Owen Wilson wow in wow. there. Uh, we could get. Uh, oh my gosh! You know, we, we we if only we could pre-record all flavor texts of all time because we could just oh. put in people's voices, <laughs> be like Samuel L. Jackson, read this. Oh, but think about this too, right? What if we do like a patron thing potentially, where it's like send in your catchphrase. <gasps> oh, I like that. Right. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> Let's Fantastic. go. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the grain section. Let's go ahead and head over to our board state and hot profile discussion. And I'm going to kick this off with a card from M21. It's a common. You can get it for four pennies. Four pennies. Only time it's ever been printed. And he's the bestest boy. Uh, this is going to take advantage. I really, and I tuck, I try to do this with your notes. You know, you said white is, you know, removal yeah, and this. Right. 
And so I tried to make sure all my cards specifically were those colors and there was nice. no bleed over. So one of the most difficult things with creatures, and uh, we talked about this earlier, where being on a budget, you know, is it hard to build all creatures? Well, you need the utility. So rambunctious mutt will get you there. Three colorless white white creature dog. It's a three four. When it ETBs, destroy target artifact or enchantment and opponent controls. Ooh. So here's a few things I like about it. Uh, it's three power, so they get you three counters sure. when you exile them. Um, and when he ETBs, it's not a may effect. Right. Which usually could be bad, but it says opponent controls. That's right. the difference between, I believe it's the, is it Harmonic Sliver or Aura Shards? One of them's not a May effect. I think Aura Shards is not. No, no, okay. no, no. no. Uh, harmonic, harmonic Sliver. Do, do, do. Yes, because the, the Aura Shards has a May. Harmonic does not. Okay. So this would be like, perfect like an aura shards harmonic sucks because right. i've been in my sliver deck doing a harmonic sliver or doing sliver stuff with tokens and it's like uh-oh my opponents have no more artifacts or enchantments now i gotta start blowing up my stuff right 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 so this kind of gets you out of that and you know five mana it, when you're on budget and especially a 50 dollars, you're gonna be a higher curve so sure. i agree and like uh I, I do like the fact that that belly needs to be rubbed asap oh yeah in the oh, in the art sure. thing so that's good i like that um i the only that's the only, I think the only thing I'm a little worried about is the mana cost to it. But again, if you're trying to play a budget, this could, and that, if you look comparative to like Reclamation Sage or something along those lines, yep. if that card's 90 cents and this does the exact same thing for two mana more, those are the sort of restrictions mm -hmm. you have to get with the $50 budget, right? Well, and so that's a good point. So to let you know, Tuck, there is a card out there. I think it's like two and a white and it's a creature and i think it's like a one one or a one two that kind of does a similar effect but sure. i think it's you may destroy target artifact or enchantment just period uh the reason i actually went with this instead is because of the higher power and toughness i figured yeah you probably yeah. as much as you need dorks to get out early and establish i think you just need that for ramp like mm -hmm. i just need to get enough dorks out there to get me mana so then everything else yeah. will draw me cards, do removal, all of that. So I think your early game isn't like so much like how we normally, it's like, oh, you got to get your mana rocks out and do yeah. this and do that and do that. You're going to be doing a lot of pass play go. Right. So I, I was okay with the extra two. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here for it. And like, again, I think for what, what'd you say it was? Nine cents. Sure. Six, right. Yeah. Something. Put it in, uh, put it in a proper deck in 10 years or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tuck, give us your first hop. So I think this I put this one in as a hop, but it kind of could be it kind of could fill a, a few different utilities. Um, it's fresh off of the recent set, Enesod Crimson Vow, which is funny because there's a new set coming out already. So this one's already going to be the older set. Um, so it's Torin's Fist of the Angels. So it's a colorless, a green, and a white for a two-two legendary creature, human cleric. Um, it comes in for about forty-two cents. So it has training. Whenever this creature attacks or with another creature that has greater power, put a 1-1 one, one counter on this creature, right? So I think training is going to be really key in this deck. I think it's a really good ability for this deck. A lot of those cards are just really expensive. But more importantly, whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 one, one green and white human soldier creature token with oh, training as well. Nice. So that's, that's why I put this more, because this could potentially be a yeast, I suppose. It could kind of yeah. be a grain because you're generating things that will get sacrificed and draw you cards. But for me, I just look at this a way just to continue to gum up the board, right? If you get three token, three one one tokens out there, if you get to swing in with them and they get a one one counter on it, great. And then when it board wipes, mm -hmm. you can draw a card with the with the other commander. 
Uh, I'm really focused on Yannick right now for some reason. Uh, so it just seems like a very efficient kind of value engine, right? I look at it as like this deck's Talren the Sky Summoner. It's yeah. going to pay off just for playing the deck, and it also fits in with the strategy of what we're trying to do. Yeah, I'm good with it. I mean, we talked about, you know, 38 to 40 lands, so that means you're going to have 60 to 62 creatures in the deck. Actually, sorry, 61 to 63 creatures <laughs> in the deck. So, yeah, it's it makes sense. Yep. Um, and I think stuff like this is perfect in a yeast section because this does kind of build you up a little wall, mm-hmm. little by little. And then it's like, cool, it's going to be harder to go at them. But then you head to that late game with the yeast. And it's like, okay, I swing with 15 of these one ones, which are very innocuous. But it's like, oh, by the way, they have training. Did you forget counters sure. and triggers and all of this stuff? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I hope it'll make it to the end game. But I think this is going to be, I feel like people are going to suss out that this card's probably pretty strong and get rid of it pretty, pretty quickly. Well, my next hop card is pretty cute. It's only been printed once in Modern Horizons 2. Your favorite. It's a cool penny. We're talking Loathsome Curator. Four colorless black. It's a 5-4 creature Gorgon Wizard with exploit. So when it ETBs, you may sack a creature. And it has menace. When it exploits a creature, destroy target creature you don't control with mana value three or less. Mm. So I look at this card as you wanted some semblance of like a graveyard package so exploits perfect for that but usually exploits like very expensive cards because you're tutoring when you exploit right uh so it's like okay well how can we do this you need spot removal i know it's not white but i kind of look at this budget is going to be higher cmc at your top end but that low cmc stuff is what's going to get their deck to function and i would believe budget deck shut down when their early creatures or board state gets affected because it takes so much longer to get going. Right, right, right. If you do her two, three times in a game, you might be able to shut out one player from even playing. Yeah, Yeah, and and like you can't afford chromatic lanterns. Arcane Signets is kind of pushing. You could afford murder, but you had to do the dumb restriction. (laughs) Oh, you were just waiting in the wings so you could just, so I could build one of these things. We're like, ha ha, it is good. Um, yeah, so I, I like this a lot. I think that you're going to see a lot of Land of War Elves, a lot of Night of the Wake Orchids, those sort of things, uh, more so than your Soul Rings and Arcane Signets and Talismans yep. and all that stuff. So being able to cripple someone out. Uh, and I love the, again, 5-4 is so good to sacrifice to, to Yannick. I'm here I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, and you're, and the, you're well, just, the cool thing, you're it's just, not even you're crushing it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even sacrifice. It's just blink. That's five right. counters. It comes back. I kill something else. Hey, exactly. you just talked about uh, your training, dude. Those one one soldiers. That's perfect for exploit. Exactly right. Um, <clears throat> and I think there's going to be some more counters in it. I yeah, I, I like it. I'm I'm the these these ones are if the first ones are all S tiers, your grains are all S tiers. No questions asked. These are like A. All all A's across. Don't the worry. Board. My last one is going to make you super super horny. Uh, but before we get there, what is your second hop? So I talked about trying to shove in, shovel in as many mechanics as I could possibly. Uh, I really wanted to find did you get something. Banding? Uh, I did not get banding, unfortunately. Ah. I know. Uh, uh, Sidar of Kondo or whatever is too expensive. Uh, but that being said, uh, I really wanted to get in the day-night cycle as well. I don't think there's going to be room for that because that's too sweaty. But, but what do creatures do a really good job of giving you? Anxiety? 
Yes, but Monarch. And more importantly, oh. becoming oh, the Monarch. So Don Glade Regent, a card that I think is not good, is five colors, double green for an 8-8 eight, eight creature elk, relevant creature type. When it enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. That would be good enough for me, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, if it was just an 8-8 eight, eight for seven that gave you the Monarch, it's fantastic. But as long as you're the Monarch, permanents you control have hexproof. This one's about 35 cents. So here's what I like about it, right? I'm going to have a wall of creatures. People aren't going to be punching through to get that Monarch back unless they're really wanting to. So I feel like the Monarch ability is going to be something that's going to stick around for me for a while. Mm -hmm. But more importantly is the Hexproof thing, right? I think there's going to be, this deck is just going to be ripe for spot removals, for, you know, target four creatures, destroy them, that sort of stuff. And having your stuff have Hexproof, I think is going to really be able to survive in that mid to late game um, and keep your board around as long as you can. Oh, yeah. Seven mana is a lot, especially when you don't have rampant growths of the world and that sort of thing. But I'm convinced that this, and also it's an 8-8, so there you go. It plays into Yannick as well. So, it's fine. The seven <laughs> with no way to reduce it, because you'll see a little bit of my trickery in the yeast package. Oh. Um, that's the only thing I don't like about the card, because I'll, just to be honest, having the, getting, getting Monarch into play and then having Hexproof while you have it, I don't know if that's worth seven mana for an 8-8 eight, eight with no evasion. Um, if it at least had Trample, or I'd be like, okay, yeah. something. Or when you're the Monarch, permanent you control have Hexproof and Dawnglade Regent has Trample, even that would be fine. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, or when you don't have the Monarch, it has Trample, just oh, something to get yeah. it. Like, that would be cool. Um, so I could actually see this being a card tuck. I know you're going to put it in, but I could see after maybe playing it a couple <laughs> times, you're like, okay, you're too expensive. It's, it's, already, it's, it's, it's already in the pile. <laughs> it's already in the pile. Okay. okay. Well, are you ready? I am, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm here and I'm ready for it. Okay. We are talking Pentarch Paladin. So this card was first printed and only printed in Time Spiral. It's a dollar four. Two colorless, white, 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 creature, human, knight, rare, three, three. It has oh. flanking. So whenever a creature without flanking blocks this creature, it's going to get negative one until end of turn. That's not really why we want it. As Pentarch Paladin comes into play, choose a color. White, white, tap. Destroy target permanent oh, of God. the chosen color. So I yeah. look at this as a way that... Based at where you're at in the game, ooh, I need to blink Pentark and pick blue because there's omniscience out. Right. Or, ah, someone got white and I don't like smothering Tithe. You know, let me get that out. Yes, those are cards that are outside of budget, but you guys get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're right. And when you're going this creature only, having a creature in your deck that can literally get rid of any permanent is it's amazing. It's huge, yeah. And I think, the, I think the closest analogy to this one would be like Acidic Slime, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it costs the same for a limitation that shouldn't really matter, right? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, because usually what happens in budget, and Mr. Comic, correct me if I'm wrong, is like one person gets lucky and then they get the right draw or hit the right yep. opening hand and everyone else is just scrambling to catch up, right? Yeah. So I feel like in this, in these budget builds, there's going to be the, you'll, you'll have the right target, right? Yeah. It'll, you'll, when you draw this card, you'll say, I don't even need to, I don't even need to look at the board. Black, yep. blue, whatever it might be, right? Um, mm -hmm. I do, and the dollar is a little on the higher side. Yeah. But, 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 but having this and Blood Gift Demon are both repeatable, right? There's, oh, yeah. And I think that's worth, I think that's worth the extra money just so that you're like, it's not a one-time effect. I don't have to worry about blinking it. If I do, it's great. Um, 
and it's a three three. Yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this one a lot. I like this one. Yeah. This, is, this is an S tier for sure. You, you could almost tuck, kind of look at your list because I know you made the comment like Shesra could definitely knock out a bunch of cards you already have in the pile. Her yep. being six cents, you could be like, okay, who's eighty cents? Ooh, that gets me seventy six cents back. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Boom, apply that to Pentark. Oh, now you're just a thirty cent card, really, at the end of the day. Ah, right, Perfect. right, right. I think yep. that might be some of what you do, even with Blood Gift Demon. Like, okay, you're a buck forty. What could I do that's 90 cents? Maybe get away with a 20 cent card because mm-hmm. that gives me 70 cents back to the budget. Right, right, right. No, I, I'm, I'm here for it. All right, Tuck, give us your last one. What's your final hop? I can't believe that this card is as cheap as it is because it's an all-star commander. It's an all-star card. And I just can't believe it's 79 cents. But Brita the Demogorgue, what is this? What is that? Tech? What is oh, that? because it's a pre-con. That's why. Yeah, right. But like, what does yeah. this, what does Brina do for this deck that any other card can, right? It's insane. So I put it as a hops mostly for the second ability. But for those who don't know, for the four people that just started playing in the last month and haven't already seen 10 of these decks out in the wild, Brina the Demogorg is a colorless and Orzob that's a white and a black for a 1-3 legendary creature, Bird Warlock. Uh, it's a mythic. And it has flying. Whenever a player attacks, okay, so <laughs> I always have to reread this like four times. Whenever a player attacks one of your opponents, if that opponent has more life than another opponent, that attacking player draws a card and you put two 1-1 one, one counters on a creature you control. Uh, <laughs> this card's just so busted, right? Like It encourages so people. So good. I, I, don't, I, I can't run ghostly prisons of the world, A, because they're out of budget, and B, because they're not creatures. I can't even run uh, the, the creature ones, because even those are expensive, I think. And so this is a huge combat deterrent. I think a lot of people usually view the one, one counters as like, okay, now we're Voltron town or, you know, it's not like, it's usually not the main thing, but here sure. that is going to facilitate everything else that this deck is trying to do as well. Um, drawing a card. I have not a ton of ways to do that besides a monarch. So uh, that's even good. I, it's just, this card is so busted. <laughs> um, this card is better than propaganda in this build because Think about it. We're talking budget. That means yep. it's going to be harder to get resources. Mm-hmm. You playing this literally gives your opponents attack someone with more life than someone else. You get a card. I am oh, giving you yeah. resources. Right. So this becomes the best politics card you could possibly do for a budget deck because people are going to be desperate to draw cards. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so what? Okay. What? What kind of deck would you not run this in? In I wouldn't do it in my. Uh, hmm. I probably wouldn't do it in my Planeswalker deck. Fair, fair, I'd, fair I'd enough. Probably not run it in. Uh, I wouldn't run it in my Orzov deck. My is, Selenia, the Dark oh, Angel. Yeah, that doesn't. That doesn't yeah, make sense. I, I wouldn't do it in that. So actually, I have a fair amount of decks that have white and black that I. I wouldn't run it in Carador. Doesn't do anything yeah, for me there. Yeah, it's probably not good enough. Aloro doesn't do anything for me there. But so. okay, let me let me rephrase the question: creature based decks in Orzhov. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm now we're getting very stuff. specific. Yes, I would run Brina the Demigog and all Brina the Demigog decks. <laughs> I will well, I not be taking like, any further questions. Like Saskia, this is good. Kethis, this is good. It's legendary. I think this is the difference, though, Tuck, in your play style and mine. You gravitate towards living in the red zone and people hitting mm-hmm. each other. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, uh, and I think that's what I've started to realize. I, it's less of like, 
me living in the red zone. It's like encouraging and forcing other people to live in the red zone <laughs> with Monarch, with stuff like this. AKA, <laughs> like, you're a dictator that's going to like throw me into like some, uh, some pit boxing match and just be like, fight to the death. <laughs> take, uh, take him away and make him fight vicious animals. <laughs> like that one right there. See, now from this new setup, you can even see the bubs. Well, there you go. Yeah, he's he had a real big day today. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the hop section. Let's kind of see how we're maybe going to win in the yeast package. Sounds like Tuck needs some help. So let's hear about your first card. Okay, so this one, I was shocked that this card is 12 cents because it's like the it's like the, the cornerstone of so many archetypes and so many decks. But um, Juniper Order Ranger is just a complete house in this deck. So three colorless green and a white for a creature human knight. It's a 2-4, which kind of sucks. But whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on that creature and a 1-1 counter on Juniper Order Ranger. Oh, wow. It's it's bonkers, right? That's um, nuts. And, for, and if you can get this out for four mana on curve and have a leftover one open for some other creature to immediately come out and trigger it, it's like the Cathars who say in this deck, right? We talked about how Torin's going to be generating tokens. We're just going to be dumping creatures out as much and as fast as we can. So they're just going to get bigger, bigger, bigger. All the 1-1 one, one counter effects are going to come to it. And I think the real, the real thing that I like about this card over some other ones is it doesn't specify token or non-token, right? It's just a creature. And similar scope to how um, the commander, Nakara, just says if another creature dies or leaves the battlefield, uh, if it's another creature, not a token or anything, right? So this is going to build up our army. This is going to build up our win con, which is just attacking. And it just does it super, super efficiently. So first off, I love this card. You did a great job. This is a yeast card if I've seen one for this deck. And it's only um, 12 it's, cents. And I mean, kind of look at it this way, Tuck. This is almost like a budget version. The cinnamon uh, toast square version of, uh, what is that? Cathars Crusade, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, th I think it's perfect. Now, I do want to give you one correction, though. You've you've said this phrase a few times, and this is just me helping you. I just okay. don't want you to be set up for disappointment. You know having a Mori doesn't help you do any of these cards on curve, right? Because I know you have to pay the three to put it to hand and then cast it. And it costs four. <laughs> yeah. So oh. I don't know where this on curve is coming from. I think Amori's more a mid-late game, helping <laughs> you get cheaper spells. We, we didn't even actually... So we, we I think we got some time. We're, we're coasting pretty good here. When, when do you think is the time to even pull Amori out of the zone? Well, pull her out of the zone when you don't have anything you go play from hand. And just do that's, it then and, that, and just be like, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that, that's, that's my action pass. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe in this deck because there's no way you build out Abzan and you don't have Graveyard Recursion, like yep. just yep. naturally. Um, so I'm of the mindset, you get a Mori to hand as soon as possible when you don't have a good play to do. But then once it's in hand... You just kind of assess the board. Uh, but no, I would still play it as soon as you can because you're in all creatures. You right, want right, the right. mana reduction as soon as possible, but you don't want to like put it into like a potential board wipe situation or if someone else has really popped off and it's like people are already starting to chit chat, I'd hold it back then. Yeah. But if you're not if you're not seeing warning signs, get that out as soon as, as possible. As fast, yeah. And I do like I think you bring up a good idea of it kind of, it could be like a rebuild, right? Where it's like, I know board wipe's coming, I can't yep. do anything about it. I'm just gonna wait and then I'm gonna play you more and build my board back up as fast as I can, right? Yep. All right, Tuck, are you ready? My first cheese card. This card has been printed a few different times. Okay. Its first print was an in Innistrad, which is the cheapest copy. You can get it for 12 pennies. Ooh. 
This card is going to care about the number of creature cards in your graveyard, which should be plentiful. Bone Yard Worm coming in. Worm. Hot. Colorless green. Creature Worm uncommon. Its power and toughness are each equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. For two mana? What? Do, wow. Does this get an S tier as well? Yes, yeah. This is this is a this is there's no there is no question. Two mana. If this was three mana, I'd be like, sure. It's just like uh, bu- 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 that uh, that mana gorder Hydra, right? Yeah. It's just gonna start little. It's gonna be a little baby worm. This is this might be the best creature in the deck. Well, because also if you think about it, if you blink it out with Yannick, oh, you're probably throwing out twenty counters, twenty five counters. I, yeah, and I think you it's you bring up a really good point around um the graveyard recursion. I do have some of it and we'll get into a little bit of that in the spice package, but it's the most efficient and I think you'll agree the most efficient graveyard recursion is non-creatures, right? Yeah. It's your reanimates, it's your um or expensive creatures, eternal witness. Yeah. I, I, exactly, right? So I think the graveyard is going to be big. Throughout the entire game, right now it's yeah. prime. It's going to be prime for a bajuka bog sort of effect, um, which I well, don't that's know. That's not in budget, run. is it? It's not, is it? Is bajuka bog worth money? I, th- I thought it was worth like a few dollars. Oh, really? Yeah, a buck se- a buck seventeen. Get out of here. Yeah, right. <laughs> for a land? Yeah, no. Uh, S tier. Immediate. Yeah, no question. Like I have no. I. Uh, do you have a? Do you have like a, a baseball crack? Like a crack of the bat on the ball? Nope. But I do have dramatic. <laughs> Let's all take a nice. Let's all have a nice cup of tea and listen to this dramatic music. You, you did it. You did it again, Mister Combo. I knew it. I knew you'd. Be, I knew you'd be my man for this. All right. Well, I'm, I'm. I'm. You know what? I think you're always nice while we're recording. Um, and I've really tried to challenge myself to finding these things that it's like I don't feel like this is my vibe, but I hopefully this is Tux. This seems like probably the best one I've done so far. Oh, this this deck tech. Yeah. Also, nice on the cast. How dare you? You don't. Listen. Oh, you're totally nice on cast, but then sometimes <laughs> off cast, you're like, yeah, no way in hell I'm doing that. Get out of here. <laughs> listen, listen, son of a bitch. If you ever, da- if you ever, ever dare our dirty laundry on this cast ever again, I will. <laughs> okay. We should have been doing. Okay. For those listening from Zencaster, I want to thank you. We should have been doing this years ago. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but Tuck, give us your okay. second yeast. How can you top Boneyard Worm? Uh, short answer, I can't. <laughs> so, but I will try. Uh, this one is another card that I think is really cool, but just never really found a home for it. Um, this is I, I actually came up with this deck about a month ago, and uh, Rockety and Mara, Moss is kind of a – he's – He's like good on the fly about like just thinking up weird shit, right? Like, yeah. So he, we were, me and him were talking about it, but uh, by Felissa, Fang, a silver quill. So this is the backup to the to the the Orzov precon that Breen is in. Uh, she's seventy three cents, which is kind of pushing it. But for two colorless and Orzov, you get a legendary creature, vampire wizard. That's a three two. That's flying with mentors. So whenever it attacks, put a one one counter on target attacking creature with less power. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, if it had counters on it, create X tapped 2-1 white and black inkling creature tokens with flying, where X is the number of counters on it. 
that's going to be a lot of inklings over the course of the game. If this girl can stick around, yeah. uh, I'm very concerned that she is going to be a immediate target for removal because she has evasion and two relevant abilities that are really going to help the deck go. I, and also we kind of talked about how there's a little bit of a token sub theme in here, but creatures going to be dying. Creatures going to get blown up. We're going to be drawing cards uh, with that happening anyway from Nakara. So we might as well get some more value out of it. That could be a game winner depending on what, the board state looks like yeah the i mean you're i think this is good for the deck the only thing i get worried about was just a comment you made earlier where you were like yeah i'm probably gonna have a fat graveyard a lot of the times mm. really in my head it was like your graveyard is maybe gonna be 15 deep or sure. 20 because you're constantly bringing that stuff back so when, when i when i see like hey i want to have this in here for all the die triggers it's like well how much death triggers are we gonna get right. unlike the card earlier where it's like hey at the end end of your turn if something died it's like okay i only need something to die once and i get the effect right this is right, something right. that feels like you want to have lots of stuff die so you get lots of these inklings right, um, right, right. so i'll be interested to hear if you have this like sacrifice graveyard recursion package that really makes her shine. Cause I agree her in a budget environment would just annihilate. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. She's killer. She's a killer. And she's kind of, she's kind of a babe, a little bit of a babe. Well, you ready for this babe of a second pick? Am I ever since only printed ever in odyssey. You know, what's better than an elvish Piper. One that could do it from the top of library. Let's talk zoo. Ologist. Zoo. Three colorless okay. green. Creature druid rare. It's a one-two. Activated ability. Three oh colorless green. Tap. Reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it into play. Otherwise, put it into your graveyard. Hold on. Let me rephrase that for Tuck's deck. Reveal the top card of your library. It doesn't matter what it is. It goes straight out because everything's a damn creature. Other than lands. Obviously, you could whiff on a land, but most of the time, you're getting creatures, bruh. How is this card 50 cents? This is incredible. Like, this is good in other decks. <laughs> this is good in a lot of decks. Like, yeah. I mean, I got... This is like SS tier. I take it back. This is the, <laughs> this is, this is the, this is the best card in the deck for sure. <laughs> it's so efficient. Um, it does suck it's a one-two, and someone's going to be playing... Some asshole's going to be playing a shock out there. I can smell it yeah. there already. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's gotta be a clap. There's got to be a clap on there. There has well, to be a clap. Uh, not yet. I mean, I'm sure I could add in stuff. Okay. Um, but Tuck, also, we didn't. I didn't add any of this stuff because I would assume it goes without saying. You're gonna do some sort of way to give your stuff protection, right? Oh, we're like, gonna get has, it Okay, because that's kind of or haste or find ways mm. to do that. Because I think that's one of the things that I didn't include is like how can we hexproof or haste? Because even the zoologist, oh, like you could region, flicker. Baby. Well, it's like you could totally flicker out Zoologist, but it's like, damn, I have to wait an entire turn to be able yeah. to activate it. That kind of sucks. But if you could, like, flicker it, do it, and then figure out a way to do it again, like, that's just insane. That's bonkers, so. yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Big tuck. Last pick. All right. I There's some people that claim this card is good. I am not one of them. But this card is very good on a budget. Um, <clears throat> and it's because... We're playing creatures. Literally, the only way this deck is going to win is by attacking. There's no other way to win, period. I want to put, I'm going to slam bone ward, Boneyard Worm into someone's face over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and then bring it back. And then 
somehow bring it back with zoologists. Oh god, but, if only I had that Nelly song queued up over and over again. Oh, the one he did god. with like I've, Tim McGraw or I whatever. Have so many drops. Oh, this is dangerous. <laughs> so, uh I think this is one of the weakest of this loyal cycle, but for 22 cents, loyal unicorn, unicorn, loyal unicorn. <laughs> That 10% catch up with me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was up to like one in the morning last night because I'm an idiot. Woof. But I went and saw TJ Miller, the comedian, who's uh, the guy with the glasses from Deadpool. Oh, you mean the guy that got canceled because he uh, called in that bomb threat on the uh, train. Wait, that, did that, ha- that happen? Yeah, right? that he was real. Get, he did like, get some- canceled. Yeah. Yeah, he fully, he got cut out of Deadpool too. That's why he was so prominent in the beginning and then just disappeared. Okay, because I thought he got canceled because like I went to the, there's there's one place called the Comedy Zone here, which I love, right? And last last week when I was on a date there, um, also, so side sidebar real quick, you're going to love this, is two men who don't like spending money on anything that's not paper and rectangular. I was like, okay, listen, let's go on this date. I'll get the tickets. Comedy tickets are always kind of expensive, right? Like you'll get the drinks there, right? What she didn't know was, there was a last minute cancellation and tickets were one dollar. <laughs> so I, wow. spent, I spent ten dollars and she spent like four hundred drinks. So, anyways, uh yeah, I saw him there. I was like, wait, he's touring? I thought he got like wiped off the face of the earth. Anyways, it was really funny. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, I was just out late. So loyal unicron, three colors. Unicorn. 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 Not cron. It's not a version of COVID. Do you think that narwhals exist? Oh, of course. I think dragons exist and massive. Well, like, look, here's the thing. The world is so massive and the ocean is so deep. We have no effing clue what is here. Yes, Godzilla is not on this planet. I am very confident in that. (laughs) But I bet you there's there's things that I guarantee in some of these weird remote parts of the world that people just don't go to. Oh, yeah, there's some weird shit. Okay. So uh, also, (laughs) I like how you're like, listen, I don't purport to be an expert in anything. But I will tell you this, in, on the planet Earth, Godzilla does not exist. Yes, Godzilla <laughs> specifically is not here. Okay, I'm sorry. That temp- that beer is catching up with me. Loyal Unicorn, three colors and a white for a 3-4 creature unicorn with vigilance. And it has Lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control one of your commanders, or, or a commander, uh, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to creatures you control this turn. Other creatures you control gain vigilance until end of turn. So the way I read this is it's kind of like an Odric card. Where it's going to turn everything into pseudo indestructible and vigilance sure. for your turn. And then this is where we're going to get that value swinging in with all these little guys, right? All these like smaller mid-range creatures that are just going to swing in for damage somewhat wantonly. I do accept the fact that it's only on your turn, which is kind of stinky. But at least maybe yeah. you'll have some blockers to for the inevitable clapback. I mean, I'm going to be honest, Tuck. I can't remember the black and green lieutenant specifically, but it, I'm a firm believer. If you have partners, you should be running the lieutenant cards as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a double, you have a 200% chance or however you want to look at it of always being able to get this lieutenant effect. Cause you have two options in the yeah. zone. Um, the so. one that's the one that's really good in here too is Loyal Guardian, which is four colors and a green for a four, four trampler at the beginning of combat. On your turn, the counters you get counters, right? Uh, would be a slam dunk, Three dollars and sixty-one cents. No, not, sir. Not, not making it in this deck. All right. Well, I'm gonna bring home this yeast package with my yeah. final one. And I told Tuck, if you're gonna have a big fatty out there with a kind of whatever effect, a boneyard, figure worm, out a way to make it cheap. So, what if I told you 
I could give you a 10-10 for a single green. What? How about we talk about Ghoul Tree? Uh, oh, seven colorless sure. green, yeah. a creature zombie tree folk. It's been printed once in Dark Ascension for 59 cents. It's a rare. It's a 10 10. It. But you guys wondered, why did I say it was a single green? Well, because it costs one less to cast for every creature card in your graveyard. So. No questions. I thought this card was like 10 bucks, but it's 50 cents. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, it, it goes with the Yannick. Flicker yep. it. You're getting distributing 10 counters. Insane. Uh, I want to cast it. How many? What's in the graveyard? Oh, one green. There you go. There this is. is a card tuck you could probably do off curve because you might be discarding stuff in the early game. and be like, wow, turn three? I got seven creatures <laughs> in the yard? Okay. How about a 10-10 and I win? Best, best case scenario, you have a you like your fifth draw or whatever. You're like, okay, I, I played four lands, right? And I still have a full grip. Thought Gorger, play that. Next draw, Ghoul Tree, turn five. <laughs> no, the best one is Thought Gorger. You discard your hand, and then you exile him with Yannick. You oh. draw counters based on what you took off. You get Ghoul Tree. Everything's in the graveyard. One green, boom, it's there. Nice. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm 90% sure I have a copy of this card just lying around. I'm going to oh, go nice. digging for it immediately. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up how this deck, and we sure found it, is going to win with the Yeast Package. Let's head over to that final segment of Spice and Tuck. I brought some spice for you. Okay. Okay. So this is a card that I was told I needed to build with our um, annual Drinkathon challenge. I could not do it. Could not figure it out. <laughs> uh, this was a card. I wanted it to be my commander for Orzov for years. You can get it for 14 cents. I think you should really look at Triad of Fates in the deck. Oh. Two colorless Orzov, so white and black. Legendary creature, human wizard. It's a rare. It's a 3-3. Three, three. It has three activated abilities. One tap, put a fate counter on another target creature. White tap, exile target creature that has a fate counter on it, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Oh, wait. That basically is just going to trigger on your black commander. Right. Because it has a counter. You Basically, you exile it, draw a card. That's cool. Right. And then black tap, exile target creature that has a fate counter on it, its controller draws two cards. So it's either I could blink it, my own stuff. If I just want to draw three cards, I could still do it to my own with black. I could use it on my opponent's stuff. It gives you a lot of this flexibility. It is going to be slow, but we are yeah. talking budget. Budget is slow, and this is great removal. I that's that's a that's a key part of it. I think this is a good spice card because it does take what three turns. You play it yep. the next turn, you put a counter on something and go there. Yep. But to your point, it I think a lot of decks won't a lot of decks would use this only as an offensive card, right? Yep. You can use it at any time, right? Um on your own stuff, on other things. Yeah. Yeah, I actually like it a lot. And the blink too? Yeah. Okay, it's a it's a spice for sure cuz it's Yeah. It takes a little it takes a little work. It takes a little jimmy to get there. I would say this, it would be a grain card for me. If I could just pay one no tap for the fake counters. Um, yeah. That would be a different be story. Bonkers. Then that would yeah. be a grain. Uh, but the fact that you do have to tap for each of the effects does make it slow. But we talked about it earlier. You're probably going to have ways to have haste and, and yep. do things. Maybe you can take advantage of it. But I think this is something that could be offense. It could be defense. Is yep. it just a 3-3 body for four? Who really knows? Um, so, for, But again, 14 cents? Sure. Like, no and, point, like hey. If someone uh, does that one artifact, uh, I don't know what its budget is, oh. but a <laughs> ring. 
or not, not Oblivion Ring. Uh, Oblivion Stone? Oblivion Stone. Yeah, Oblivion Stone. If someone has that, it's like, hey, my stuff has fake counters. Ain't blowing up my shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Talk about a fall from grace. That card's $2 now. Wow. When we, started playing, a... when we started playing, it was like 15 Yeah. Wow. I like that fall from grace. Thanks, Double Masters. All right, Tuck. Round out this episode with your final spice. Okay. This is another card that I have always liked. This has been... We've talked a lot about how some cards are like the 101st, the 115th. This has always been like the 120th. Uh, It's it's very easy to cut out of decks. It never never works the way you want. But... and, And I put it as a spice because I don't know how much mana we're going to have to play around with. But if we do build enough, build it enough to where we have piles of mana, Magus of the Will could be a very big late huh. game kind of catch up. So two colors and a black creature, human, wizard, redacted bit for a three, three, two colors and a black tap it exile Magus of the Will until end of turn. You may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. So, I think this card is extremely slow. I think you have to play around it so smartly because you kind of have to do it. If you're like, okay, board wipes coming, you kind of have to hold on to it, right? It could just die for removal from there. It's a 3-3 dice lightning bolt, which is going to be rampant in this budget build, as you're well aware of. So, but if it does, if the if the stars aligned, if all the tiny hands go and do, you, wait, do we have an applause or anything? Do we have an applause effect? Damn it. That's okay. a no. So if if all the hands aligned, if they all high-five each other, this could potentially be the best recovery card in the deck. The issue I have with it is it does nothing else. It has no ETB ability. It's a 3-3. Three, three. You only get its effect once. Maybe here's, worth it, maybe not. Here's actually where I would argue it is worth it. Oh. Once again, we're in budget. Yeah. So we, we can't be picky. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay. If I wasn't doing budget, what would be a better version of this? Well, Yogmoth's will. Well, that's hella expensive. Not doing that. Okay. Well, what's how do how do I get from Cinnamon Toast Crunch to Cinnamon Toast uh, Squares? Squares. And I think this is good enough for it because we you said part of your strategy is you need a graveyard recursion package. Right. Right. I mean, if you fully just came out and said, you know what, I don't really care about my graveyard. Like I'm just going to be slinging creatures hit and face. And then I would say, run out get of cards rid of this, run out of life. Perfect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that it's like, get rid of this, get rid of any of the non-token dies or when a creature dies like that stuff. So you're, you're just not really playing that part of black. The fact that you are, I think you need Magus of Will. I think you need other options like it. And yes, you're going to look at it and say, man, you're slow and very specific, but that's, what's going to happen when you're in budget. You're not going to get the, Hey, do whatever the hell you want to this. turn. <laughs> I like it, and it's always been a card that I think is interesting. I don't own a Yogg's Will. I've been trying to bid. So there's a gold-bordered Yogg's Will that I've literally put. It's it's like $80 on eBay from this one guy, and I've literally put, I was like, $70, decline. Fair enough. $74, decline. Okay, $78, decline. $80, like what's, what the actual cost was, right? I think it was actually 80 not 70 $80 in, right? Here we go. I'd like to buy this right now. Decline. Like this guy has it. This guy has it out for me. It's been. <laughs> it's happened like there isn't times. just a buy it now for eighty dollars. No, like and I try. I and I tried doing that, and then he canceled the order some way. Oh yeah, he just hates you. He just. I think he knows I want this so bad, and he's the only but, person that has one on eBay. You know, it's pretty funny. I had a uh, 
foil Yogg's Will that I got from one of those box things. But when I traded it in three years ago, I think I only got like $100, 120 bucks for it. Yeah, I think that's now like five or $600 or a grand, maybe. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was either that or the, it was oh, a the non-foil. Judge, the Judge gift card? The no, foil no, one, no, right? No. That's the only foil because no. they didn't have foil. I don't think they had foils in Urza Saga on it. They didn't. You had the judge. You had the judge promo, right? Yeah. Let me let me look at the art. You're, just you're gonna to, be, to make you're sure. gonna be real upset when you look oh at my the god, price thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, because I'm ninety percent sure it was the judge card. Because I want to yeah. say I was looking at it and I was like, I don't need the foil because I didn't know it was the judge one at the time. Mm. I was like, oh, it's a foil. I don't really need it. And the guy was like, hey, it's like a hundred and twenty, hundred, two hundred dollars to trade it in or whatever. And I was like, all right. Uh, so where did oh, you get man. that from? Oh, from, uh, was, missed, from uh, yeah. MCG, Missouri MTG or whatever, right? Yep. Whew, Jesus. Sweating. I'm really sad. It's okay. Well, guys, it happens to all of us. That's going to wrap up the spice package. Thanks for making it until the end of the episode. And if you enjoyed it, feel free to leave some positive feedback in a five-star review wherever and however you're listening and watching, because that's how we connect new members to the collective. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of the cast today, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can people find your muses? You can find me at Big Tuck Tweeting. Uh, I had two posts I was really proud of this week. Uh, one was, and lo, on the horizon comes a great, complete MTG Twitter handle slash photo trend. You're going to be seeing a lot of that coming out, so just get excited for it. It's going to be ding dong, comma, content complete, or some bullshit like that. But more importantly, today... It's the man, the myth, the legends, Elijah Wood's birthday. Oh, hey, there we go. Yeah. He's just a tiny, he's just, he's just a little baby man. Wait, so Elijah Wood, is that Hobbit? Yeah, yeah, he's Frodo. Oh, okay. I always get him mixed up with the other guy from Lost. Dominic Monhagen? Maybe. Mahogany? Just like, both like, like short, tiny, yes. Hobbit-like men. I always get them confused. <laughs> you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. If you'd like to see these cards we talked about and the accompanying videos, you should head over to our website, cmdtower.com slash bnbe123. Ooh, that could be a song. Now, this video and audio couldn't have been done without Zencaster, but also t <laughs> at underscore t uh, Tyler, you have not been replaced. Uh, we uh, absolutely adore his shorts that he's doing for us out on YouTube. Uh, so please, guys, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Uh, follow the follow, watch the videos, like them, leave comments. Let Tyler know what we could do to improve. Uh, we literally did these shorts or shorter bruise and builds videos because it was feedback from you guys. So give us more. Support us by heading over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have a lot of different tiers like we talked about. The exciting one is the new community engagement stuff. No matter what tier you sign up on, you get entered in every three months to be part of 10 community members and to be the collective diagnosis, where we're going to take a archetype topic, something from Magic the Gathering, and put it out to our patrons. The ones that get selected get to give us a one-minute audio clip of them talking their position on it, or could type up a little essay that me and Tuck read on cast, and then we'll react to your reactions. It'll be reaction reactions. Ooh, we have to figure out a cool name for that. Reaction reaction. Now, if you're already a member of the collective, um, Oh, and I guess I should probably let you guys know because I did not do it in the email. End of February. Anyone who's a part of the Collective Diagnosis, end of February, please, for emailing back your results. 
Now, if you are a current member and you'd like to grow our community so we can continue expanding the team and growing that, uh, be sure to use our referral program. If you're an existing patron, go ahead and have someone join. And when they do, have them shoot us a message on Patreon, letting us know what community member recommended them. And we're going to send you some free swag just for saying thanks. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of some of our merchandise, whether it's you need more sleeves or you need a new playmat or heck, even a very soft cotton sweater, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have everything for sale on there, and we still do have the special, I think, buy a uh, sweater, and I think you get a pack of sleeves for like $3 or something like that. It's still up. It's still live, baby. Yeah, so get out there if you need some sleeves and you just, you know, real cheap and hey, you want a, a sweater because it's cold as hell outside, uh, head over to the store. Check it out. Big Tuck, episode 123. Uh, all creatures, no problems with <gasps> Makara Liar Scavenger, Yannick Scavenging Sentinel with Umori the Collector. Oh, God. Uh, how did you feel it went? Did you, did this. I guess the question I would have for you is, did my picks derail your already motion for the good or the bad? For or the did good. it not derail it at all? This is, I, you know, I think a lot of times you and I have very different ideas of what we want our decks to do yep. <laughs> and how we want them to play. And a lot of times it's like, I will say something and you'll be like, yeah, I'm not putting that in. Or you'll say something <laughs> like, I'm not putting that in either. But I, I got to hand it to you, Mr. Combo. This, I think this is your most on theme on point selections like there's pretty much all of them like there's a couple that are kind of like i'll think about it sure pretty much across the board these are all great additions um i i like that i like these additions because it makes me feel like the deck's going to be much more resilient i was a little bit worried about that i think the ones that you brought in are going to just do so much work for them so yeah like i i I still am it's too early to tell if there's going to be a deck where i'm going to be like yeah like I'm going to be excited to play this even against non-budget decks because it's fun and cute and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but these, yeah, you really outdid yourself there. I got to give, I got to give credit where credit's due, man. I'll tell you, honestly, and you may have noticed the cards that I've been talking about over the last few months have been a little bit more out there. Sure. And I've just, I've just kind of doing research in a completely different way. Like Is this, this, was one, this also I... from the, from the Gmail look? So I didn't do the Google images uh, for this. I think I might have done it to like start getting my ideas going. But since I was on a budget, I actually just used Scryfall. I went in and said, don't show me anything more than I think a dollar. Actually, no, I didn't even do that. I just went into Scryfall and said, my commander's color identity is this. You have to have creature. And then for the keyword, I just went in and I did destroy life gain and I had it sort by price and I just literally went through and it was it was super easy I think the list that I went through is I think for one of the mechanics that I typed in there was only 60 cards which means probably half of them are out of budget so it's like oh let me just glance at these so I've started doing that um scryfall google images let's just put in some keywords edh rec I think is good and goldfish is great for I really, like, I'm newer into deck building. I'm really looking for that base. I can't remember what they call that in uh, cooking, but there's, like, this French cream, uh, like a Oh, creme, fr- creme fraiche. The creme well, fraiche. But I, I think it's uh, Bechel or Beckel. Oh, it, yes. It's, it's, like, B-E-U-C-H-E-L or something like that. Beckmel. But it, it's, like, one of the core things in cooking. It's yeah. like, hey, when you're cooking French, you have to be able to do yeah. this and do it well. They, and so they, that's where I there's think... one on. There's another one in uh, like uh, New Orleans. They call it like the Trinity, where it's like garlic, 
pepper, onion, mm. right? Where it's like, oh, there that goes go. into everything, right? Or you could go with the basic one, fat, acid, salt. Sure. Um, yep. So goldfish and EDH rec is perfect for people that are like, hey, like me in cooking, I don't just go make my own recipes. I go find a recipe, and then mm-hmm. if I want to make it my own, I do. Where I've gotten to as a deck builder is I don't need help anymore doing this stuff. I need help finding cards that I haven't heard of. Yeah. So when I go to these sites, I'm just seeing all the most popular stuff. And so this has been a very fun, creative way to like kind of get out there and like zoologists had never heard of that card. And it's incredible. Awesome for 50 cents. Yeah. And I think, and I will also agree with you that if you want to use EDH rec, the other time where I find myself using is like, I want to build, I'm building a very specific deck, right? Mm. I want it to be streamlined. This is a deck that I'm not, I'm not going to be kidding around with. I just want to yeah. find the way to build it. You go to EDH Rec, you go to MT Goldfish and off the roads. But I do agree. I think it kind of railroads you. Um, and I I think you might have inspired me. We'll, we'll get to that a little nice. later. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you to our new not official sponsor, Zencaster.